I would like to invite you to open your Bibles with me to the same chapter we dwelt in this morning, John chapter 21. John chapter 21. I'm reading from verse 15 to the end. John 21, 15 to 25. Hear the word of God. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. The one also had leaned back against him during the supper. And he said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it's my will that he remains until I come, what is it that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread about abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die, yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die, but if it's my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? That is a disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things, and we know that this testimony is true. No, there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Let's pray one more time. Our Heavenly Father, we ask you for your help. Lord, we pray that you will help us to understand what we just read that you will these, use these words and engrave them in our hearts. We confess that it's late and that we might be tired. Uh, we're tempted to think about the next week and what's about to come. Although we pray that you will help us by your spirit to concentrate on you once again. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Who are you? It might be one of the most important questions that exist. 
We could also ask what characterizes you, what makes you, what makes you, you. Who are you is the question about your identity, as what do you identify? How do you define yourself? And we could give different answers to this question. We can answer what we are called. My name is Johannes. I'm married. I have two children. It's all things that define us. We could add our job, our pastor. We could add our hobbies and all these things. If we would have asked the apostles, who are you? I suppose they would have given you a different answer. They might have said, I'm a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Later, maybe they would have said, I'm a Christian. Paul refers to himself as a slave of Christ. Or he uses the phrase, I'm in Christ, being united to Christ. When Peter was at the fire and the night Jesus was crucified and he follows the trial of Jesus, he was asked three times, are you not also one of the disciples? Even those people outside of that group were able to identify those men who followed Jesus as his disciples. I think the the answer to the question, who are you, is very essential for how we live our lives, what we put at priority number one. See, some people define themselves by the sport they're doing, by the social position they have, how they look. But the most important question we all have to answer is, what is our relationship to Jesus? How do we see him? Who is he for us? And that was the question that Peter had to ask himself. He claimed three times in one night that he does not belong to Jesus Christ. But yet he's sitting there with Jesus having breakfast. And Jesus gives him the chance to answer that question. And so the title of the sermon is Discipleship Part 2, Who Are You? Who are you? And I want to help us to think through this by two other questions. The first one is, do you love Jesus? And the second one is, do you follow Jesus? Do you love Jesus and do you follow Jesus? The first one is the obvious question in our passage we just read. Do you love Jesus? Jesus had invited his disciples to have breakfast with him. He stood there at the shore of the sea while the disciples were coming back from fishing. And he prepared a meal with a fish on the grill and and bread at the site. And so Jesus, Jesus is sitting there with seven of his disciples, and I assume they were talking maybe about the past three years. Um, they were enjoying each other, having a great ba- breakfast, sitting in the sunrise. And then John tells us that Jesus turns to Peter, 
And he focuses on this one disciple. And he asks him this question, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Jesus asks him an important question. Does Peter love his Lord and Savior more than he loves the other disciples? It's a good question because Peter could have sat there because he wants to be with the other disciples because he, he loved this band of brothers. Peter gives him the answer, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus asks him again, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And again, Peter answers, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus asks a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And this time we read about Peter that he was grieved. He was grieved because the Lord asked him a third time. He asked him a third time, do you love me? He says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus asked the same question three times in a row. But why does he do this? Why does he have to ask Peter this question? He knew the answer. He knew the hearts of man. He knew that Peter loved him. And Peter answered him truthfully. Couldn't we say one time is enough? Maybe a second time? But does he really have to ask a third time? Do you love me? We can't know for sure why Jesus asked three times. But we can understand if we look carefully in our passage why Jesus asked at all. And he doesn't ask the question for him. Jesus knew the answer. He asked the question for Peter. It's for Peter's conscience that he asked this question. Peter had the chance to think about this important question. Do I really love my Lord? Or did I just waste it the last three years? Peter had the chance to think about his standing to the Lord. And the thing we see here is that Peter really had this heart of repentance. When Jesus asked the third time, he was grieved. And that was the reaction that was needed. Peter was grieved about what he had done. And it was so devastating that Jesus had to ask three times. Jesus denied three times. And now he had the chance to confess his love to the Lord three times. Peter understood how great his sin was and what he had done. Three times he was asked, are you a disciple of Jesus? And he said, no. And now Jesus asked him this important question, do you love me? And Peter really understood what it meant, what he has done. Peter was a man, at least in the Gospels, who often acted before he thought. He often spoke before he understood. But we also see Peter here in a different position, and this position was needed. Peter was a broken man. At the Lord's Supper, he was sitting 
at Jesus' feet or with Jesus at the table, and he was so convinced that he can make it. I will follow you. And his pride was broken. Because in the moment that Jesus was on trial, he realized, I can't. And he denied Jesus. He wasn't able to follow Jesus in his own strength. And the issue was not that, that Jesus wasn't sure if Peter is all in. Because he foretold him that he will return. He foretold, he foretold him that when you come back, I have a job for you. If you have returned, I will give you something to do. And here we see Peter in front of Jesus in this personal conversation, broken, humbled, full of repentance. But then we can see another reason why Jesus asked this question. He gave Peter this clear conscience. And, and every time Peter gave the right answer, the, the faithful, truthful answer, Jesus gives him a job. He gives him something to do. He asked the question, do you love me? And Jesus says, yes, I love you. And he says, feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Jesus makes Peter the shepherd of his flock. And Peter later writes in this understanding in his letter to the elders, he says, I am an under-shepherd with you under the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter was clear about what his job is, what his calling is. He is a shepherd of the flock of Jesus Christ. But Jesus had to ask him this question, do you love me? Because that's the important basis on which the ministry is grounded. Peter wasn't able to do what he ought to do if he wasn't clear on what is important, and that is Jesus Christ, and if he loves Jesus. And, and Jesus is not talking about um, roses and, and wonderful feelings, rose-colored glasses. We see later that Jesus is warning Peter that his life is not a dream now. Not everything is easy. Jesus is talking about real love, giving himself up for Jesus, being willing to die for the one you love. That's, what, that's how the Bible defines love. So, for so God loved the world that he gave his own son. Your husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That is love. The question for Peter was, are you willing to sacrifice your life for me? Because that's the important basis. And so do you love Christ? Do you love Jesus? Is the crucial question for us. If you want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no other question that has to be answered first than do you love Jesus 
If you want to find your place in the kingdom of God, the question we often ask is, how can I serve? How can I use my gifts? But Jesus starts with a different question. Do you love Jesus? This is important because what the Bible teaches us about the kingdom of God, about the church of Christ, that it's not about people. It's not about people, it's about God. It's not about what we can do. It's not about what we are able to accomplish. Jesus here gives us the most important qualification for the kingdom of God. Do you love God? The whole law and all the prophets are summarized in love God and love your neighbor. Now I wonder, maybe it's a German problem, I don't know, if, if we reform people are so keen on doctrine and getting these doctrines right that we sometimes miss these important things of love. Doctrines are important. I mean, I study theology and I read systematic theologies every day, but love comes first. Peter would have not been useful for this ministry if he would have not loved Jesus. What does Paul say in in 1 Corinthians 13? He says, if I could speak all the languages of the world, but I do not love, it's useless. If, If he could do anything without love, it's wasted. Love is the most important thing in the Christian life. If you're part of a church because it's the right thing to be here or because, well, my parents went to church and so I go to church, that's the wrong motivation. If you are part of a church just to fulfill your duty or even worse, to present yourself how, how Christian you are, or if you serve the church because you want everyone to know how much you are wanting to serve, it might be the wrong motivation. Jesus even asked Peter, do you love me more than the other disciples? Do you love me more than your brothers and sisters? It's not about being here because this is a great fellowship, which it is. And we should be glad for good fellowship. We, we, we shouldn't be here because we want to be among the brothers, which is a great desire. But we, first of all, should be here because we want to be with the Lord. We love God. We want to be here because God promised to be here. When I travel to Presbytery, and that's the longest maybe from Friday to, to Monday, latest Sunday afternoon, I want to go home because there's my wife, there are my kids. I don't know what, what I'm still doing here. That's not my family. And that should be the same desire with God. We, we, we want to be where God is because we love him. And so do you love Jesus with the question that determines our lives? Do you live Jesus? Well, the text gives us a second question we have to answer. 
that the question, do you follow Jesus? Do you follow Jesus? So Jesus had asked the same question three times, and then it seems like he changes the subject, and he says in verse 18, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And John puts this comment in that it's that Jesus is talking about the way Peter will glorify God, the way Peter will die. And this is not speculation, because John lived when Peter died. He knew that Peter was crucified in Rome upside down. He could add this because he was sure about this. But the more important point here is that Jesus tells Peter what discipleship looks like. So we have the basis this morning. We have to listen to God's word. We have the crucial question, do you love me? And now Jesus is saying, Peter, discipleship means you go where you don't want to be sometimes. If we're young, we, are, we can do whatever we want to do. We can almost do anything. If we're strong enough, we can manage everything by our own strength. And that's a good thing, that children at some point are strong enough that they don't have to be carried around anymore. And that they can run and that they can do things and, and that young people can decide where they want to study or what they want to work and where they want to move. But when we get older, when we get older, we can't. We can't. And we might be as weak so that we need help to be dressed. That we might have to be put in a wheelchair and, and brought to places. And sometimes those are not the places we want to be. And Jesus used this image of, of, a, of a person who gets old to, to make something clear to Peter that we all have to understand. He tells him, now you are my disciple. Now you are my servant. And you no longer do what you think is good. You now do what I tell you is good. You go where I lead you. Of course, Peter could still eat what he wants to eat, and he could still travel where he wants to travel. But we just have to look in the, in the book of Acts, and we see that the apostles had travel plans, and they didn't work. And they couldn't go where they wanted to go, and they had to go somewhere else. Paul had the plan to go there, and he wasn't able, so he had to go to Macedonia so that Europe will be reached with the gospel. And so here we learn this question we have to ask ourselves. Do you follow Jesus? If we're a disciple, it's no longer about our will, it's about God's will as about what you want to do. I have a friend, and I remember 
being at his house. He's, he's also a pastor, and he served on a, on a mission ship for, I think, a year or two. And with his whole family, he took his whole family, and they served on this mission ship. And we were there having a dinner, and his daughters asked him, why did you and mom decide to go into this ship? And they both were confused by the question. Because they, in our generation, we just served the Lord. There was no question. We just did what the Lord called us to do. We didn't think that much about it. And I, th- I have the feeling that, at least in Europe, we, we, we face a generation who is willing to serve the Lord as long as they can have their comfort. So, being at church is good, but coming a second time, I'm not sure about that. Or we have catechism class at 10 in the mornings, and that's a good idea in general, but I watched a film last night and went a little bit longer, so I better sleep in and then come to the service. But we have to realize that as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's not about what I want. It's about where the Lord leads me. That sometimes are places where I don't want to be. Sometimes it's hard and it means suffering. But it's always better to follow Jesus than anyone else. question is, are you following Jesus? Peter needed to, to, to know what he has to face. We need to know what it means to be a disciple. Following Jesus. And Peter looks around him, and as he is, he, he sees John here following them, and, and we, we, we humans are good at this to... to, to, to If we are on the spotlight, we are good at pointing the spotlight to someone else so we're not the main character anymore. And so Peter immediately asked Jesus, what about this disciple? And Jesus makes a very, very important point. He says, what do you care about what I'm going to do with John? That's not your business. You follow me. That's a very important thing. Do you follow Jesus? And we would say yes, but he doesn't. Or yes, but he doesn't as well as I do. And we're very, very fast at the point where we compare ourselves to other Christians, to other disciples. And have you heard about her? What she just did, I don't know if you can do that as a Christian. But Jesus says, Peter, do not look to your right and do not look to your left. Follow me. It doesn't mean that we don't care for our brothers and sisters. We do. We want them to be at our side. We want them to follow Jesus with us. But their way might look different than others. And Jesus might lead them to a different place. He's leading us. And he might lead them faster or slower than he's leading us. Our job is to ask the question, do we follow Jesus?
And so we have two questions before us this evening. Two important questions. Do you love Jesus? And do you follow Jesus? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we are honest. It's sobering. These are questions we we sometimes take for granted, but we don't ask ourselves. And we have to confess, Lord, that we often do not love you enough, that we have experienced your grace. We, we know your gospel. And we, we know the love that you have for us, and we don't love you enough. And so, Lord, we pray that you will enable us to follow you and to love you by your Spirit that you give us the strength and the power to understand what your will is and to follow it, to pursue it, and to do it. Because the wise man who built his house on solid ground is the one who hears your word and who does it. So we ask that you will help us doing it. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.